I am Clay Schroff. And I'm Michelle Schroff. And together we are the voice of a lion. And today... We would like to get to know you a little better while we share with you a little bit about ourselves. We thought it would be nice just to take a look at who we are, um, find out why we do what we do, and uh, get to know you a little better. So, so make sure that um, you're sharing our podcast with folks that you know that you think this that um, this would just be a um, a great way for them to uh, be inspired and and strengthened as they're walking through maybe a tough valley or or even just when they're on a mountaintop. We just ask that this would be something that could encourage and uplift someone. Now we started the Voice of a Lion to inspire, give guidance, and give strength to the listeners. And that may just be um, to encourage you to do something that you've always wanted to do or felt led to do, or it may be helping you up out of a place that uh, has been real hard for you. We want to give you a hand up out of that. So, Yeah, so this is going to be, uh, we're going to have lots of fun, let's just say. <laughs> I have some really good questions for Clay. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Hey, why do we do this? Because we care about uh, the world around us and the people around us. And we do want to highlight people who are making a difference in that world. So a little about me. I came from Montana. All my growing up years were spent in Montana. And you are from? I'm from Los Angeles, California. So I'm a California girl. It's where the city met country. That's right. And uh, But it's worked out really well. It's really nice. We balance each other out in life. Um, we are the parents of 10 children and we just launched our fifth into the world. That's right. So, so we, we have only have five at home. Five at home. Wow. Which is real fun. And, uh, so if you ever have parenting questions, ask my wife. <laughs> I don't think so. I have a little PTSD. <laughs> so our youngest is seven and our oldest is 23, almost 24. That's right. That's uh, right. We've been married for 24 years. You forgot the grandbabies. I'm sorry. We, we have, got grandbabies. We have three amazing grandbabies, two grandsons and one granddaughter. And we have another grandson on the way in January. So, Thus the gray hair that I have. <laughs> and if anyone knows us, my wife doesn't age. Oh, so come on. For every year that goes by, I age <laughs> times two. And it's a deal she made with somebody I once upon a time. I think that deal was you. <laughs> you so, made that deal. <laughs> I did make that deal. So it's kind of fun. That's important. <laughs> so, you know, you came out here um, to go to college. That's right. I came to Albuquerque, New Mexico to go to the University of New Mexico. I wanted to be a lawyer. So, yeah. Still halfway there? I'm still, I've been halfway there for the last 20 years. <laughs> so she, she's taking classes here and there. Um, she's in the middle of writing a book. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah. And you are the blog author of runmama.run. That's right. And that really just encourages uh, uh, moms in particular just to, to stay your course and That's raise right. the kids and to do it right. That's right. Well, and that we're all different and we all run in different lanes and sometimes we need to help each other up and encourage one another. And I think oftentimes we look at it as a competition and a race. And so it's a little play on words, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. So um, I sell cars for a living, but the nice thing is, is that we as a family have decided to work with the family units. Um, we, we've adopted six of our 10 kids, 
So we really started a nonprofit that worked in that direction first, foster care adoption. And it's really morphed into what it is today where it really is empowering families to be the best that they can be and perhaps break the, the chains of their past and the cycles that families find themselves in um, to do better as parents. And with us, we actually work with some of the worst cases um, here in New Mexico, but we've also traveled around the world. That's right. Um, you and our second oldest daughter just came back from Haiti a year ago. That's right. That's right. We went with an organization called Healing Haiti, and they they really know how to do a good, solid mission trip that is most impactful. Um, they really want to com- co- uh, contribute to the economy in Haiti. So, you know, it's not it's not the kind of trip that you go and you bring tons of things to the country, but you actually contribute to their economy by purchasing goods there for the orphanages and the um, for the elderly. The church there really steps in and helps with um, folks that um, are homebound. They bring the meals, and so we got a, we got a chance to do a lot, not only with children, but with elderly and folks that were, um, uh, I guess you could say, challenged. Um, we went to an orphanage where the the kiddos were um, uh, physically challenged, and that was probably my favorite uh, stop on the way through Haiti was to meet a, just a bunch of kids that really and truly didn't have, didn't have what we have, but they, they had joy and that w- that was impactful. That was really impactful. Yeah. And you know, it, just so the government knows my wife brought back two of those kids. Uh, right. No, she didn't, no, but didn't. It's, it's, it's hard to leave those people behind. It is. But you know, I, I think on this trip, because it, this was the most profound we've, we've gone to Costa Rica. One of our children is from Russia. I'd like to call that our first, um, outreach was what we didn't know how impactful that was going to be in our lives and how that was going to shape and mold us and what we do. But it did. Uh, but this trip to Haiti, I've, I have never seen poverty and, um, just, uh, I mean, it, it was, you know, you would think that the people would be destitute and, you know, but I've, like I said, I've never seen such joyful, kind, hospitable people. And it, it just goes to show you that, you know, not having, um, doesn't necessarily, you know, it, it can, it can rub you of your joy, but it has not them. You know, and we have um, got a chance to go to uh, Mexico yes. with, to work with the dump people, part right, of Bayarda. Right, right, And uh, we got to do it separately. And what's really funny is when we get there, we, we go to the mission. And that's the church that we teamed with there. They have a mission that was on the property where the dump used to be. And all of these people who were once scavengers, um, once they moved the dump, there's nothing to scavenge. So you're... You weren't making a lot just from scavenging, but now you have nothing. That's right. And there was a little boy across the street from the mission that me and Michelle both take the same interest in. Little Freddie One Shoe. That's right. That's yeah. right. And uh, what a joyful kid. And the reason we call him Little Freddie One Shoe is because he had one shoe on. Not only, now we went like a year apart. Yeah. Yeah. And the little boy was playing with the same suitcase, (laughs) (laughs) might have had the same stick and that one doggone shoe on. That's right. But he was one of the happiest kids that I've ever seen in my life. Right. 
I saw he had uh, one of the street vendors gave him a piece of bread. It was so funny because there was a stray dog that took it from him and he started chasing the dog with a stick. <laughs> he was so upset that his sweet bread was was taken by the dog. But you know, he went back to playing and carried on about his business. <laughs> you know, that just reminds me. It's so so often as Americans, we uh, we do without what the rest of Americans do with, perhaps. And we feel so what's the word it, it it you know it's one of those times where I, I think of the other countries we've been to El, I've been to El Salvador um, and I got to bring my kids right after a hurricane and the generosity and the love of the people who just had family members destroyed in this hurricane rocks the size of homes came down and just crushed complete villages and I remember I remember um, a young man that I was uh that we had brought, he was a worship leader, and uh, he got his sandal caught in just the muck uh, of the area. And, and I, when I mean muck, it's like a quicksand. And this young man, probably 17 years old, came and helped us fish out his sandal, uh, brought us up and washed his feet and, and the sandal. And then as we went to where he was at, his home was destroyed, but yet he was there to help us. And people around the world are generous and they're kind and yeah. it was amazing. Well, and I, and that is something that I'm, I'm really thankful for is that we've been able to go outside of, you know, the United States and to see how most of the world lives. And it's not how we envision it because, you know, we live in this land of plenty. And, you know, if we don't have the latest... Um, cellular device we you know we feel like we're we're missing out and you know to just be able to to stand around and watch kiddos play with you know a stick in a can and for hours just it it, it really puts things in perspective for you when you when you're you're going out and and coming alongside of people that are struggling with um you know depression or anxiety or um you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, you really want to, you want to sympathize and you want to walk with them through that. And you see, you know, everyone has a story (coughs) and just because, you know, you're in America doesn't mean that your story isn't significant, but you know, we want to say, oh, we're not thankful or we're not gracious here, but we don't know any any difference until we leave and we um, can soak in other because, you know, we're all humankind. I mean, we're all the same. So just, I encourage our listeners to, you know, step out, even if it is just south of the border or, you know, if you are in another country, you know, going, going somewhere that you can come alongside of someone that may, it may not be a poverty issue. It could be, you know, just, um, you know, they're just walking through a a tough place in their life. Just come alongside and, and, and get down and get dirty with them, help them out, listen, you know, even if it's just a shoulder to cry on. You know, and we, uh, we, we've encouraged our kids to, to travel and to go places. And right. I got a chance to go to Jordan where we were on the border of Syria. Right. And just the difference that that made. Because of my military background and what I used to do, um, there was a little, um, there, was a, there was a factor that when I got there, it's same thing when we went to Russia to pick up mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. son Moses. And... I had, because of my prior military experience and knowing what I knew, um, there was an expectation of the propaganda that you believe. And it's not necessarily untrue, 
But what the difference was is when you get there, you realize that people are people. That's right. And they all want the same things. Mm -hmm. They still want the love of their families. They want to know that the next day they have food on their table. They want to know they have shelter. And Russia changed you and yours in my life. And it was amazing to be there. Um, when I went to Jordan, um, we got to work with the folks, the refugees that had come over from Syria. And what a welcoming, just an amazing people as you went into the room that they were staying in because they had fled. And they had absolutely nothing, but the nothing that they had, they were more than willing to share with you. And uh, it, it, the hospitality and the welcoming of that um, changed me as well. Yeah. And I found the same thing when we were in El Salvador. And I know you found the same thing when you were in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. That the people who had nothing were still willing to share what little Tell, them a tell our listeners a story about the gentleman with the cufflinks. So we're sitting in a room, and this gentleman had been um, captured um, while in Syria. He was a cleric in the, their local church, and he was a construction um, owner. So he used to build. He was very well known in his community. But they had captured him, and they had tortured him for 42 days. And I don't mm. know why the number stands in my mind, but it was 42 days and uh, his family put enough money to bribe a guard where he was able to escape. And now he's in Jordan, and we're very thankful for the Jordan government, but the people of Syria who come over are not allowed to take the Jordanians' jobs. Yeah. So this man can't work. and he, So he's sitting across the room from me, and I noticed that the, the, outfit, uh, the outfit that he had had uh, cufflinks on him. And of course, you know, uh, I'm using a translator and you're trying to build a certain amount of rapport and finding common ground with someone. And I had mentioned that I wear, I love wearing dress shirts with cufflinks. I collect cufflinks. And I had mentioned that to him and he immediately crawls over to me because we're all sitting and you're not allowed to point your feet at someone, but he crawls over and takes off his cufflinks and he gives them to me. Mm. And I was like, oh no, I'm not taking your cufflinks. And the translator was like, oh you need to take these cufflinks because otherwise that would be a huge insult on a man like this. And to this day, they're some of my favorite cufflinks. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's a people that when you come, you got to be willing to drink some, a lot of coffee and, <laughs> and then teas. And it, but, you know, it, it was really, really a neat experience to be able to bring them food and supplies because they can't work. Um, and... Uh, yeah, just get to know them at that level. And the foods and the culture was mm -hmm. amazing. But, you know, as we come back to America, I think that same kind of hospitality. Right. We need to open up our homes. And when someone comes here, we need to give abundantly. I, I know uh, there's a gentleman, uh, Neil Ortiz is my overseeing pastor at my church. And before I went uh, to my first trip to El Salvador to work with the orphanages, he's, his words of wisdom stuck with me till this day. And it says... He told me, he said, if you have bread for one, you can feed two. And if you have bread for two, you can feed four. And I find that that's really mm -hmm. how we've run our nonprofits is that we're just going to do with what we have and we're going to move forward. You know, locally, we, we work with several apartment buildings um, here in the community. And a lot of them is where the refugees end up. Mm -hmm. um, you have people that have been here for years, Americans born in America, um, who just find themselves um, in really rough situations, and we love to help them. But you also find refugees that, for them, 
the what we consider the low poverty or the slums of our community are just a, a royal place for them to stay. Right. So, and uh, we bring our kids, and we bring soccer balls, and we, you know, the, our kids love to get to know the you know children from different lands, from Africa and from the Middle East and from South America, and they'll come and go, Mom, Mom, where's Tanzania? Where's you know, where's Uganda? And, um, you know, we do little, we have a map in our house and we'll, you know, put pins in and we'll pray for each of those countries because a lot of them are coming to America to escape persecution or to, um, just have a better life for, you know, for their families because they, you know, they, they're very educated. Um, you know, we've met doctors from Uganda, but you know, in America it's, it, it's some, it means something different. So, you know, they'll go back to school and, um, the kids will, and it's just so sweet because um, the children will come out and they'll want to play soccer or football with with our kids. And um, my and one of really they're good. really good. And, and one of our kids plays on his school soccer team, and he's like, "Oh my gosh!" He's like, "These kids don't like play, you know, on an organized team, and they're so good." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's you know, that's what the, these kiddos did. You probably did all day back home. Is you know, they played barefooted with a ball that was falling apart. They, you know, they didn't complain that they didn't have a, you know, name brand soccer ball and you know cleats." Or, and I said, "And that's they know how to persevere." I said, "So you know, we can learn from them. We can learn that um, we don't always have to have the top of the line to succeed." You know, so it's it's taught our kids a lot of lessons um, that not only are people people, but kids are kids. And to to love people that may not look like us or act like us or dress like us. And we hope that they carry that into their adult life and pass that on to their children, that um, no matter how much we have, we can we can help someone else and we can come alongside and, um, you know, just learn from each other. Yeah, I learn a lot from our kids when we go because <laughs> they're, they're unjudgmental. Yeah. They don't understand the poverty, so it doesn't matter. That's right. But That's right. Uh, yeah, we encourage you. There's places, there's neighborhoods within each and every one of your communities where you can make a difference. And it may just be as easy as running by the grocery store and getting the staples. Yeah. Just something very simple. Bring a box and uh, don't be afraid to walk in. To be frankly honest, this particular apartment complex we go to is um, we we first went on a Christmas gift giveaway, and I what was it called? Um, the gift. The gift. Yeah. And uh, so we just went and beat on doors, and told people to come out because we had gifts for their kids, and it was amazing, and it's been amazing every year since. But I want I want to encourage you not to not to be afraid to go to a community like that, and. Um, wait, maybe you wait in a in a common area, and you see someone, and you say, "Hey, do you mind if I help you out? I got some stuff. I'm giving it away." And you'll be amazed at the relationships that you can form and build if you don't put up the walls, and all you do is lay bridges. And yeah. sometimes it just means giving a little food, or sometimes just showing up. Because we've made it a point that every time we go, we don't bring things every time because we want to. We want to have relationships and not just be known as the people bringing gifts. Yeah. Well, and the reason why we went to that particular complex was we um, <clears throat> we were doing a, um, it was a call on um, a young lady that um, had a child that was in need. 
So we went to that apartment complex and brought some goods for the, the child. It was a bed that was needed and a crib because, um, you know, it was an infant. So after we had gone there, we decided, well, when we give out gifts in the community, why don't we swing by and, you know, see if we can, we can do something there. And it just caught on. And then for all of last year, we went every single month and we've been able to build relationships with a lot of the folks that are there, you know, that, you know, needed beds or needed, um, you know, friendship. Um, I've been able to, to, um, mentor a young woman that lives there and she's a single mom and her and I are still in touch. It's, it's actually been over a year. I just actually went to her daughter's birthday party the other day, but you know, she doesn't look at me like, Oh, that's the lady that comes and get, you know, she genuinely knows that I care about her and that I want to have a relationship with her and her daughter. So, you know, obviously, you know, go, go with clean hands, go in a way that you don't feel like you're giving handouts, but you're, you're really encouraging people and, and really calling them up and not making it like, oh, I'm, I just feel so sorry for them. You know, I think compassion goes a long way, but I also think realizing that we all hit tough times. We all are going through tough periods or we at least know someone or, you know, for me, I, I'm, it's close to home for me for the fact that growing up, I didn't have a lot. So I, I know how much these kiddos appreciate when you come and you, you bring a ball and you say, oh, no, you can keep the ball. It's all right. I mean, what's five bucks to me? I don't care. It's just money. But to see that child walk away with a ball that, you know, they probably hadn't had for a few months because they kicked it over, or it popped or, you know, kicked it over a wall or something in the apartment building. And it's one of those things for me, at least, that I, I leave knowing that I've been able to love on someone and to do something for someone that can't do anything for me, really. You know, when it comes to replacing the things that I've given them, even if it's my time. So... You know. Now, we've also got a chance to team with the Sheriff's Department, mm-hmm. and it was the Special Victims Unit, um, and it was called Operation Safe Child. And since then, and what we do is we go into homes, we ride with the local officers, and we go in the homes, establish needs, and try to fulfill or to fill those needs other than monetary. And sometimes monetary, sometimes we're getting people to help us pay electric bills or gas bills or have their water turned back on. But mostly it's about finding them resources as a hand up. And right. you keep, we keep saying that because right. we don't want to give them handouts. We want to give them a hand up. And it's, uh, but since then, Operation Safe Child has turned into a Safe Child unit. One of our prior guests, um, Sheriff Manny Gonzalez, um, actually felt it necessary or, or saw the need of the community. And instead of making it an occasional right along he actually formed and created its own unit so it's a real privilege to be with that from the absolute start and hopefully we're making a difference in the lives of our community but there again that may be something that a a listener hears this and you don't have something like that in your community so get a hold of your local sheriffs or police department Um, i'm sure that our uh, bernalillo sheriff's department would love to give you the blueprint to create something like that. And you can always start it off as a, as something that you do occasionally. And then hopefully this grows into something that all police departments are going out into their community and being very proactive in stopping 
the cycles right. instead of um, reacting to it and then just putting people in jail and taking kids away. And uh, what a privilege that has been. Yeah. And, and just being able to see the fruit of that and be, you know, to, to step in and say, you know, I, I understand. And how can we help in, in, in the long term? You know, Clay mentioned, you know, if we have, you know, if it's a situation where electricity needs to be turned on because, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's winter. We need, folks need their gas. They need, you know, things like that to stay warm and to be able to li have decent living conditions. But also, you know, it could be parenting classes that are needed. It could be, you know, just some life skills, some budgeting. Um, you know, we meet a lot of folks that have dreams and we want to help them. We want, you know, I want to go back to school. I want to be an x-ray tech. Okay, great. How can we help you do that? You know, do you, is it, do you need a ride to the local community college? Do you need, um, uh, a backpack and school supplies? What is it? And we want to be able to fill that need because, you know, for, for most of us, I mean, if you need a backpack, you just go buy one, right? I mean, but we have five kids that are in school <laughs> and we're talking, you know, 40, 50 bucks a backpack. I mean, that's a lot. But if you don't have 40, 50 bucks to buy a backpack, that could be what stops you from going to school. And we want to make sure that it's not those things that are stopping the the folks in our community from being able to, um, you know, grasp those dreams and, um, you know, just making a better future for their families. Um, I know oftentimes it could be clothing. You know, a young girl could feel like, oh, well, I don't have any nice clothes to wear or I want to go for a job interview. Okay, great. Let's go get some clothes. So we'll go get clothes. And, and it, and it really changes. It changes people when they, they start seeing you invest in them. When you invest in them and they, they want, they look forward to their future. They're like, what, do, what does this person see in me? Why do they do this for me? And, um, and I think that that's really what it boils down to is, you know, we want people to be better. We want them to do better. And the only way that can happen is, you know, walk, walk with them. You know, you often hear, walk a day in someone else's shoes. Well, I kind of prefer to just let them, they can keep their own shoes. I want to walk with them. I want to see what they see and, and encourage them in the, in the things that um, may bring them down and lift them up. And, and I think that that's, you know, that's what's been done for me and, and I know for Clay and neither one of us have, have walked through a, a perfect life and we know what a difference it can make having that one person. For me, it was my um, Sunday school teacher. You know, she, she always just thought the best of me and she always encouraged me. And at the time she had no idea what I was going through. And she, recently I've ju I just found her on social media and it was just such a joy to be able to share with her what an impact she had on my life, you know, 40 years ago. And that's something that I hope that, that you guys are able to do. And it's, it could just be words. It doesn't have to necessarily come out of your bank account. You know, and it's, it's something, you know, I want to encourage everyone that, Find some way to do an act of kindness today. And it could be something simple. Um, two people come up to the same parking place at the same time, and instead of insisting that you get the parking place, it could be as simple as waving them in. And I think kindness spreads just as much as hate does. And we live in a, in a day and an age where we're very divided as a country, 
But the truth is we're less divided than we believe if we would all just be kind to one another. That's right. You know, we team with, with people that don't necessarily have the same outlook and values on life that we do, but they have the kindness that they want to pour into people. And it's what a privilege it is to join with all different walks of people who are making a difference in this world. And that really is what Voice of a Lion um, is, is about. It's about if we, can, if we can join hands in kindness and making a difference in the world, then the world can change. We gotta change our cultures. You know, we don't have to agree, but we can sit down and have a kind, intelligent conversations on our, on our differences and why I believe what I believe and what you believe what you believe. And I think that's a start. We're very excited about some of our upcoming guests, people who are making a difference around the world. And uh, we've reached out to several who are going to be contacting us. Anything from parenting classes to uh, front lines in several wars where they're not fighting, but they're basically rescuing and bringing people in. We have people locally. Uh, we have a local pastor that we're going to have on that is just changing the culture um, around the United States. And uh, he's doing it through, uh, through our local government. And uh, we're super excited yeah. to be announcing those in the very, very near future. And, and I'm really, and uh, you guys, I'd love for you guys to chime in. Um, I'm really pushing for a few episodes of couples. Um, there's uh, a few couples that really inspire Clay and I, and I think that they would be a, a great addition to our podcast um, to just not only talk about marriage, but what it means to to work together to make this world a better place. And um, also, we have um, um, a, a woman that she's a mentor of mine that she has gone to the Middle East and spoken with you know princes and kings and. Um, just really seeing how women are um, coming into the front lines and being able to lead in those countries. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear from her. Well, and this has been the voice of a lion. We've hope you've enjoyed this. We're very excited about bringing our future guests. And if you haven't listened to our prior podcast, please take the time to do that. Um, give us feedback. You can go to voiceofalion.com or, uh, Social media is a great way to get a hold of us. And thank you for listening. And this has been the voice of a lion. And I hope that you enjoyed today's guest. I hope that they inspired you. They motivated you and you find strength in their journey and the stories that they told. If you'd like to continue to follow us, please go to voiceofalion.com.